Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Jules Gale, I have one question and one question only for oh, you. God, Is Nia Automata a JRPG? <laughs> <laughs> well, my friend, Scott Taylor, my dear, dear friend. Um, Nia Automata. It's weird, right? Potato Patata is yes. 100% a... Yes, it's a JRPG. I mean, why is it not? Why are people saying that it's not? It's got me questioning well, I mean, it. I, I just thought that it was an assumed thing that it was. I think there's, I, I would say, and maybe this is just me fracturing reality itself, that there's a difference between a JRPG and a Japanese RPG. There is a difference between an RPG that is made in Japan yes. and a JRPG as a genre, as something that tends to have a party-based system and meaningful leveling and, I don't know, turn-based combat, I might even go so far as saying. Although I uh, would, but then Final, Fan- Final Fantasy VII Remake, then, is that not a JRPG? Well, that's, see, I had this argument with Josh in the office. Basically, we had, um, we had a, a writer on the website, I think it was uh, John Tibbetts, did a whole article on the greatest JRPGs of all time. And it's really, really well written. It's great. The picks are incredible. Yeah. Um, but he had Nier Automata in there. And I was I was going over it as I was reviewing stuff for the website. And I just sort of said to Josh, I was like, would you class that as a JRPG? And he was like, yeah, of course. And I was like, what do you mean? And then it just <laughs> led to this thing. So I put it out on Twitter as a poll. And uh, the yeses won. It's definitely, according to the public, a, a JRPG. Yeah. Um, but it's just not to me. Because Final Fantasy 6 through 10 are JRPGs. Persona 5 is a JRPG, mm-hmm. as are the other Personas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whatever. So Dragon Quest is a JRPG. And so Chrono Trigger or something. Just like the turn-based combat thing you can get rid of. But there's like a, there's a feel to a JRPG. And I get that it's not necessarily that quantifiable. Yeah. But I don't, I wouldn't say Nier Automata has it. I don't necessarily even really feel like you're playing a role in that so RPG. So what would you classify it then as just an action game? Just like, yeah, like an open world action game. Like it has RPG mechanics in it, but I feel like every game has RPG mechanics yeah, in it Yeah, no, point. no, you're right. You wouldn't, you wouldn't class like Biomutant, which is effectively the same thing as an RPG because of the fact that it has leveling up in it. That's mm-hmm. one thing, but that does not make it, you know what? I'd say I guess that, that wasn't made in what, Japan. So what you probably yeah. need to do is just have a little prefix on it, just saying like traditional JRPG, modern JRPG, mm. like a modern JRPG. Mm. I would actually accept that as a terminology for it because it is so like loose and all encompassing and allows <laughs> elements from other genres to take over mm-hmm. so yeah i'd say it's a modern jrpg but not a traditional one that that would calm down the room that definitely makes it like feel more like there's like <laughs> that's a all i'm here RPG. for man is to basically just walk in and go whoa <laughs> just, whoa just whoa josh put down that stapler and like take that evil glint out of your eye we're not doing this today <laughs> 
We needed that when, and we'll get round to it because I, I think I'm, I'm literally the no point triple no one percent of people who just don't care about the Last of Us TV show and didn't have much fun with it. But I'll oh, get there man, in time. I definitely man, don't want to. I feel be like that you're just guy. making enemies left, right, and centre with that. I know. Statement. I because, just like I, I haven't seen it, but I have seen clips of it. I obviously get everything uh, spoiled for me as well because that is just the nature <laughs> of the job. So I know everything that's going to happen. But then again, mm-hmm. I also played the video game, so therefore I know exactly what's going to happen. You've and, kind of already seen the TV show. But then, the thing mate, is, is that um, all of these people like they're taking the same clip, yet they're championing different ideals. So there's some people who will play that scene where they are on. He's on the couch. And Ellie is talking about this thing and it is one-to-one exactly like the video game. And Mm -hmm. everyone's like, this is the most faithful recreation of a video game ever. Isn't it perfect? (laughs) And then there's other people that just go, wow, isn't this a lazy, insipid version of it? Why would I ever want to watch this when I've already played the video game? But my my question for you, Scott Tailford, that will hopefully dissipate your anger, is that... Is this made for you? No, it's not. The thing is, I'm not. I'm not get, we thing. already did a whole a whole pod on this, and it's yeah. The thing is, I watched the episode again because I was just like, it's such unanimous praise across the board. And the thing that I'm definitely struggling with is just divorcing the original material yes. from it. Like yeah, I've, yeah. I said this on the other pod, but I've never been so in love and absolutely love and cherish and be precious of an original material and then watch it be translated mm-hmm. um, or adapted for another medium. Like I wasn't a Lord of the Rings book reader um, and watch it get translated. I guess actually I was a huge Hobbit fan, and when those movies came out, I was like that's terrible yeah but then they were sorry for made. you sorry for you, you know, so it was easy to be like oh that kind of sucks um i just yeah that whole thing of like you're recreating scenes beat for beat some people absolutely love that i just go what else have you brought to the table because personally i think there's a much interesting more interesting conversation to be had about what a re sorry what an adapt- adaptation is mm-hmm. between mediums because i would rather have something where they take the source material and then you adapt it but you do different things to it or you do something that feels like you're making it fresh if you're literally yes. just reshooting something that's already cinematic to me that's just not that exciting because something like Castlevania or Arcane there's way more ground to make to call their own in that stage like you know there's we've yeah. never seen like a, a two a hour and a half Sonic thing before so it's yeah. like that was something the Mario movie like it's stuff that's not been done before yeah no I, I totally get you because when we apply it to cinematic conventions let's just go and mm. use that as the comparative term um, I remember when uh, Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho was remade um, yes, and, yes and the one thing that people said was it's going to be a shot for shot remake of it but the question is what's the point and it comes yes. to this idea of updating it needs to be updated it's the same thing that Disney are doing with all of their live action mm. adaptations for their um, original uh, hand-drawn animation movies mm-hmm. it's it comes down to a point of what is the point uh, is this an update <laughs> that's adding something to it is it relevant is it needed is it necessary and mm-hmm. in my opinion when it is a shot for shot remake where you are doing exactly the same beats it's probably not but then again it's for a different audience it's not that's, for that's us the thing. It's, it's, it, that's it's the problem of ownership like you say we love this franchise we love the fact that they are t- uh, treating it with an adaptation but it's not meant for us. It's meant to be for other people mm. who didn't want to play video games but can enjoy and the, the medium is, of TV. And, and fine, if they walk away with the exact same experience that we had with those games, mm. who are we to deny them from that? No, of course. I mean, I'm, the thing is, like, I'm not like it's obviously a thing where you say it on a podcast and it's like, oh my god, because I just shrugged the whole way through. I was like, yeah, ah, whatever, yeah, the game yeah, version yeah. of that's better, whatever. But that doesn't and mean it was bad, though, the... does it? Doesn't mean no, 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 you no, really no, enjoyed it. I... It just didn't do anything new. My thing was just like going like, yeah, that is that scene again. That is that thing yeah, again. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and then knowing that we had the podcast slot, I was like, well, I'm not going to lie and tell you that I absolutely loved it and join the chorus of people loving it because go have fun. I'm not going to pretend that I liked it more than I did. I was pretty shruggy through most of it. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so it was one of those things. But 
but yeah, like overall, like as an adaptation, it's it is obviously solid. It is replicating those scenes. I think it's re- I think that's the interesting part of it. Is that what we want from an adaptation? And obviously, it depends how cinematic the thing is in the first place. Mm-hmm. But I do love that I can have a conversation about The Last of Us's story, narrative, themes, whatever, with my parents, and I couldn't do that for the last ten years. Yeah, that's because cool. they're actually, they're, that's they're watching cool. it now, and I I love that. Um, I just think that for me, it's the wider conversation on, I guess some of it's The Last of Us as a property. I kind of want to get a t-shirt that just says the franchising of us in the font of The Last of Us. Because <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. you've got your multiplayer, you've remade yeah. it twice. Uh-huh. It's uh-huh. going to have a part three now, like whatever. Um, but yeah, so like you're, you said you're going to check in. You told me before recording you're going to check in after the season's yes. done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know me, man. I, I'm much like my game of the year philosophy in that I always wait for a game to come out, get balanced, all the patches, mm. all the fixes, all the DLC, <laughs> and then I'll buy the game of the year edition. I do the mm. same when it comes to TV shows because I mm. do want to binge them. There's like... Um, the most frustrating thing in the world is, is that I thought that I timed it right in that My Hero Academia had finished its latest season, but annoyingly it took a break just before Christmas and then has come back with more episodes. And I'm like, damn it, damn it. I thought that I was completely, because I'd left it for, for months and months to just go through and binge season after season. And now I've just got to the end and I'm like, I'm not only on a cliffhanger of the last episode, but I don't even know when the next one's coming out. Cause I, I was like, oh, no. I only just started uh, My Hero Academia because I, um, I absolutely adore Demon Slayer. Yeah, great fun, great fun. Yes. Um, And I feel like there's like like the whole idea, like the way the characters are drawn in Demon Slayer and kind of in My Hero Academia, where it's it's way more experimental, just overall flair to the characters. Like maybe they're, even the colors of their eyes have like patterns in them or something. It's just like stuff that's really over the top. People are just like, yeah, yeah, this person here has just got completely black eyes and red pupils. That's fine. That's just fine. Whatever. (laughs) Like what it is, is, mate. Chill out. And I quite like that as an approach because I was looking at, uh, I'm going to get Fire Emblem engaged this afternoon because I want to like play a new thing. And so uh, I was looking at the main character in that, and they've got like bright blue and bright red hair, kind of like Kira Hogan that's in AEW. That, that's been a bit yeah, divisive yeah. that character design. I Maybe won't lie. I won't lie because it's anyone like, who anyone who goes into a game that has the word like it's like the cross thing, and then it's got the crossing of the red and blue hairs in the middle of the face. It's like, come <laughs> on, man! Like seriously? Yeah, because it's like, can you tell they're between good yeah, and bad? Know, like, right, which yeah. side they're going to go with? Um, but yeah, so I just um, I don't know how we got into that tangent. Well, but we is should, the entire uh, podcast. I was about to say we should at this point introduce what this podcast <laughs> is. We are only a a svelte eight minutes into the podcast before we tell people what they're actually listening to. No, it's not yeah, just two yeah. friends having a ramble. It's two friends having a ramble about the questions <laughs> you ask. It is the UBP, the UBP, the UBP, also known as the, the Untitled UBP. Banter Podcast. And he is your host, Scott Tailford. I am Jules Gillen. I'm going to be kicking things off with a question from Instagram, <laughs> my friend. And we're going to go to Locks London who says, favourite sports game of all time? For me, it's SmackDown versus Raw, or Here Comes the Pain, or Pro Evolution Soccer 4. Now, is this Ooh. is what I wanted to ask you. They, mm-hmm. I know that they say that it's sports entertainment in the WWE, but do we count right, right. that as being a sports game? A sport, it was always in the a, sports well, a sport, section. A sport is a thing where two teams or two opponents mm. go, and there is a... Um, there is a there is no known outcome as to who is going to win. Now, match True. fixing is the core concept <laughs> of wrestling. So, mm-hmm. do we count it as a sport? I think that if you got, I, I like the philosophy of how much of a sport is wrestling because the actual mm. competitive bit is all handled backstage. It's all yeah. like, how valuable are you as a person? Can we actually have the conversation? <laughs> how about much you making can, you a champion? How much you can absolutely moan to the ear of the promoter and get them <laughs> under your wing, sort of thing? Yeah, I know moan that. JF, that's oh, his man. Just just, look, think, just um, looking at the whole CM Punk stuff, for example. Great example yeah. of that. But yeah. 
But yeah, I think that that's the actual competition. Like that's the real like you have to stake your claim backstage yeah. and make a case for like you know putting putting me over with the crowd and let me mm-hmm. have a belt and whatever else. I'm simplifying that down so much. But um, yeah, I guess for, for games, I guess to have that conversation on the best sports games, like the game itself is competitive, especially if you play it multiplayer. Yeah, um, and yeah. like there's that side of it, and it was always in the sports section in like game stores. So we'll count but, um, that as a sports game. But is it going to be your favorite sports game ever? No, my favorite sports game is immediately NBA Street Volume Two. Oof. It's just just. just just going for it just yeah. one of the best soundtracks in a game yeah. one of the best feels to a game it was the first thing i done well second third thing i got on my steam deck and i was just like oh man the warm embrace of ea big mm-hmm. mixed with basketball it's, it didn't get any better to, to be, be fair like what what else could you add into it i mean where's the f- mm. sequel where's the follow-up to these sort of crazy offshoot games that ea big just did do i mean collection. Like, i think they just don't afford the music yeah. anymore they're always all oh, yeah. the licensing is too much so we just don't do it but it sucks because that was, those games were phenomenal i'd say that my favorite sports game as well actually comes it, well ooh, i'm gonna say there's, <laughs> there's gonna be like a toss-up between a few different games that have really captured my heart now pyre is one of the best sports games mm. ever oh, because it's because it's, it's a sports game with heart it's emotional it's <laughs> devastating when your team does well enough and you have to say goodbye to your players because yeah I, man, that's like I, nba jam meets hades i honestly love the concept behind this like you will get a good team but the better your team does the more chance they have of being promoted out of the league and out of existence so yep. you're like ah oh, that's clever so the better i do <laughs> the worse my team is going to get in theory mm-hmm. interesting interesting oh pyre pyre is because the pyre is super super massive no it sorry is. super giant yeah, games, super giants, yeah. Um, who make transistor and hades and everything yeah if people haven't played pyre that it, it's just like a basketball game it's quite very quick plays but it's like it's teams like, of three on each other it's like basketball meets rugby isn't it it's it's, mm. it's very strange there's and like I, full contact and stuff yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoyed that game but it's annoying that it's the one of the uh, games in their franchise that didn't actually do that well because every other one like Transistor, Bastion, um, Hades, obviously they mm. are household names. It, like not mm. just in independent uh, games, it's just like they have exploded onto the market. But Pyre mm. just kind of was like, I guess it's because it was marketed as a sports game, wrongly mm. so I'd say in many cases. There is a lot of like yeah character building, world building, and, yeah. and dialogue and stuff. Yeah, but Pyre yeah. is an overall package. Just all oh, the music as well, like Darren Corb. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, yeah. I could. Talk about Supergiant for a long time. They're one of my favourite devs. Um, but yeah, Pi is a, a beautiful shout for that. Um, we had uh, McAllister NYC said, Nier Automata still isn't an a JRPG. Oh, I don't care go. what Scott's poll said. Um, he also says, uh, what is the best special edition of a game that we've ever bought? I forget if we've mentioned this before. Best special edition that we've ever bought. Mm. What's um, the most you've you've blagged? Well, Actually, I guess it might not necessarily be most money. Whatever your best. Yeah, I was, I was about to say. There's a few that I've managed to get in through for review that have been absolutely stonkingly good. Um, <laughs> like um, the best thing about that Jump Force uh, thing was the collector's oh, edition. Yeah. Was the amazing statue that came with uh, Luffy, Goku, and uh, Naruto on there, and that <laughs> yeah. was absolutely amazing. Um, the game mm. was absolutely pish, but to be fair, that's, that's <laughs> I'd rather take the statue and just throw the disc out the window at that point. I keep meaning to put that statue on our set for the gaming set. You should. It is really cool. The office somewhere. Yeah, I need to find that. I want to. It's just. I don't think our new wall will hold it up. We have a very flimsy <laughs> shelf. It almost decapitated Josh last year. So oh I'm just like, God. right, okay. With this. Um, there was like, um, we got the Mortal Kombat 10 one through, which had a gold scorpion mask. Yes. I've I've still got the DLC for the gold scorpion skin around there, and like, no one's selling Valuable. that thing. I should just give it back to you guys to do a giveaway because <laughs> by the time that like Mortal Kombat, 
What, well, actually, no, it might be Mortal Kombat 11 was the version we got. I can't remember which 11, one it was. Yeah, 11's the one it's we the got. Mo- it's the most current version of what it, what it yes. is. And they aren't exactly jumping back at the series anytime soon. I haven't heard anything about That's Mortal apparently Kombat. their next thing, but it's not. nothing's been said like officially. It was just lots of leaked reports on they're not doing Injustice, they're doing Mortal Kombat instead. Mm-hmm. And I guess it, it's some sort of soft reboot type thing. And then I got um, um, yeah. uh, the Valkyrie Chronicles 4 one that had a tiny little tank model, but it also came with a cap Ooh. that had a dog on the top of it. So clearly that's nice. the one that's going to win. <laughs> I um I got I mean my most expensive one is The Witcher Three I got the oh um, that was yeah the edition for that giant um I thought you called the polystone statue of like Geralt um stabbing the Griffin and stuff yeah, so I love that cool. that's always my like pride and, and joy kind of thing but yeah like sometimes you get like press packs they don't really do them that much anymore because they just give you digital codes but you used to get like press packs yeah. of like artwork and materials and stuff I still have the one for Horizon Zero Dawn and I have the one for God of War as mm-hmm. well and like they're like treasured as just a oh my god I this is us in the industry living this life yeah. thing I sometimes just look at that and go I can't believe I have this but um, I, those I do, things are cool I do think that the um, there has been the big decline of the legendary edition stuff at the moment because again mm. it's, it's resources it's cost of production it's people just wanting actual good games to work on time rather than just <laughs> yeah. like being stuffed a load of tat so mm-hmm. uh, you're seeing less and less of them and the ones that still do exist they command such an insane price like the um gotham knights one they mm-hmm. had like a batman statue or something like that mm-hmm. that you could get and that was incredibly expensive well, for I what it was a de- uh, dead space is doing because they're doing what doom did where you can get isaac clark's helmet if you get the new remake the special edition oh, of the right, remake. yeah yeah and uh, i guess like fully functioning helmets are a thing now because they weren't a thing when halo 3 was doing the rounds the little tank because i bought i got the second tier you know when yeah, halo 3 had those yeah, two yeah, different yeah, things. yeah and i didn't splash out for the helmet because i didn't have enough money but i got the middle steelbook one but then seeing everyone get the, the stu- cat helmet the steelbook like, yeah. sucked as well for it because it's just kind of like oh i've paid five quid extra for a tin like cool That's <laughs> yeah, like, I, I love wicked. a good steelbook I, can't, I, I know you I do can't, but i'm just yeah, i'm just like i remember being really annoyed about that because the guy in game up sold me to that and i was like oh sick what else do i get oh nothing mate you literally just get the pre-ordered tin oh wicked so i've bought a tin <laughs> Yay! I was like, get the uh, when you order a steelbook online. I did it for um, uh, Skyward Sword HD, and then they give you the steelbook and then the regular case as well. Yeah, so yeah, it's like yeah. I tend to just if it's physical, I tend to just like trade in the regular one and then keep the steel. I've just got this weird <laughs> like graveyard of steelbooks that I can't even play the game for anymore, but I just have them <laughs> in the background. Um, yeah, another question from oh sorry go on. oh no I was going to say we we'll jump over to Instagram back and forth yes. mate back and forth. Um, do it, so mate, do it. we've got a question that is um, a little bit out there and by that i mean it's to do with starfield um Ooh. jack plumber 12 asks do you think that starfield's amounts of planets being randomly generated will require always online oh no i don't think it'll require always online but i do think it'll suck yeah. I, just, I, just, <laughs> I just don't i don't like i the I feel like, I think I've said this on pods and stuff, but just to be completely honest about it, I don't have any faith in Bethesda right now. So I'm just mm. like, the amount that that game's been pushed back and it's not even making their um, first quarterly announcement thing. They've got this big showcase where they're showing stuff off and it's Elder Scrolls Online and Minecraft Legends and all this stuff yeah. that just, who cares? Like in 2023, for new stuff anyway. Um, and because of their track record and Fallout 76 being terrible, them then saying we're taking on even more work than ever and it's going to be a whole galaxy of this stuff. And I'm just like, you've, you've tried algorithmically planting all these trees and all these planets and biomes and No Man's Sky like does it incredibly now. I always like the launch version, but whatever. Yeah. But No Man's Sky has had now six years of tweaking their algorithms to give you genuinely brilliant infinite planets. And maybe Bethesda will get that right first time, but, but they, I doubt it, it. When they can't so, even get their own soul world 
right the well, first yeah, exactly. time around. Like, like, yeah, I mean, more dedicated thing. I mean, do, people often forget the amount of bugs that uh, Skyrim launched with. Everyone was just like, yeah. looks at it now so fondly as being one of the greatest mm-hmm. games ever made. But mm-hmm. my God, was it rough. So rough. <laughs> I remember the one on PS3, it was like, because uh, I got it on 360 and one of my friends had it on PS3 and they had yeah. that save bug where it's like, every time you save, it makes the file bigger and then it just oh, bricks yeah. the PS3. <laughs> and their, their console didn't, <laughs> didn't get bricked. Uh, but they just had this ludicrous file size. Yeah. So, yeah. In terms of the always online thing, I don't know why that would be the assumption. Like, it doesn't. Well, it shouldn't need always online. The only thing is, is because um, Starfield is multiplayer, isn't it? They are pushing. Oh, maybe I'm not following it that closely because I kind of just want to be wowed by it. I saw the gameplay footage of it. Yeah. Um. So I've seen those things. Yeah. Maybe there's like asynchronous multiplayer. That's what but... I was thinking that maybe it's got something to do with that. I'm not entirely sure, mm. but I think that there was a talk of it being added in at a later date, or if it was going to be okay. a fully single player game that had multiplayer. I'm not entirely sure, but if it was always always online, the only way I Apparently can think it's of a, is. Uh, Reported to be a single-player experience. Okay, fair enough. So maybe it was a case then that if it was going to be always online, that it would store the information about all the planets that you visited, and because it's procedurally Mm. generated, it would have to store that on, like, cloud stuff? It depends how they've done the generated stuff. Like, is it pinging some sort of Bethesda server to try and sync? I don't know what it's... I don't know how they're doing it. But they did that with Fallout 76, where it would, like, Mm. you pick up... That was the worst experience of my life. Like, (laughs) Osley and I, we downloaded that game a year after it had uh, been released, when all of it was apparently fixed, right? Downloaded Mm. it, took ages to log into the game because we couldn't, for the life of us, figure out how to get it to work. Mm. Walked down the hill, went to this uh, newest encampment area, had a look around, I thought the graphics looked a bit better, it was a bit less janky, (laughs) try to pick up a bloody cup right and the right. game just, just started freezing and I was like what is going on here and it was like and Osu was saying oh it's because it has to communicate to the server that you've picked up that cup and everyone Brilliant. else in the in the game has to be then pinged that that cup is now being picked up by you and moved around I was like this is bollocks this is actually yeah. like I know that this is how it works in most games but it was so like pick it up three seconds pass you now have the cup in your hand put it down three seconds pass I was like oh my god why? I remember they did that weird update where they tried to it was just something where they gave everybody like a like a safe uh, crate like a, like oh, a chest yeah, to put everything yeah, in yeah, yeah. and then everything that people put in there it was like the most valuable stuff just got deleted yeah yeah and it yeah. was but it was some weird glitch with like a soup can that like everyone got the same soup can and then it broke the economy and stuff I just I vaguely remember all sorts of stories from the last few years but things like that I feel like Bethesda's like greatest positive is that they're sort of this ramshackle garage band of a dev yeah and they got big and people you know if they're to do the analogy people love certain singles from them but they almost should have stayed a garage band and i'm sort of like the yeah. bigger they get the more teetery it gets and more i'm just money, like, more pressure I, yeah exactly more pressure and, the, and then i think they are quite good at sticking to their guns and, and obviously todd howard's sort of legend for saying the most honest stuff not necessarily like oh it just works and like yeah hey we yeah. messed up and whatever but it's like there would be a way to match the scale of production to their attitude yeah and i feel like it's not this it's too big and so i don't i don't view this as the hail mary saving xbox triple a thing i think it's going to be a a rickety weird like wooden cart that they'll bolt the wheels onto <laughs> as it falls down the hill yeah so, it's, a, it's yeah. a strange affair but i i for one i'm looking forward to it but i'm kind of almost looking forward to it in a schadenfreude way where i'm just <laughs> like ooh, i'm not going to be pre-ordering this and i want to see if mm. it crashes and burns because imagine yeah. that imagine if um Microsoft had spent all that money buying Bethesda and then for them to just drop an absolute lemon of a turn onto the (laughs) gaming marketplace. Just like, there you go. That was billions of pounds well spent. 
Well, that's the thing. It's just like I, I really want Xbox to be firing on all cylinders because I love the 360 era mm-hmm. and I feel like mm-hmm. they've not been that strong since then. And so it's just one of those things where I would love a Series X incredible game, like, you know, something that just absolutely dominates. Mm-hmm. Um, and from Bethesda as well, like I, the energy around Skyrim was incredible once you got past the bugs. I just, I'll believe it when I see it. So I'm just yeah. like that idea of them saying there's thousands of planets and I'm just like, yeah, but you've, you've made about three. Yeah. Like, and then yeah. everything else is, I mean, hopefully I'm wrong. To, um, d- to dial we'll back see. to the original question, though, no, it probably won't be mm. always online, hopefully, because it doesn't seem to be that there's a reason for it. But then again, reason no, hasn't exactly so. stopped other companies from trying always <laughs> online DRM. So, yeah, fingers well, the crossed. Last time, but- a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, the last time Bethesda tried it was when they re- when they put the Doom games out again, like Doom 1, 2, and 3. Oh, yeah. And every 10 seconds it would ping and go, you're not logged into Bethesda online. And it was oh. like enough people complained that they took it out. But they, they made Doom 1 always online. Um, so they then took it out. So hopefully they learned from that. But yeah, I guess, like you said, don't, don't put anything past them. Um, next question from Lego Brick, who says, which upcoming game do we think will launch in the best state? And vice versa, which game will launch on day one <laughs> to be the worst? <laughs> I bought a PS4 for the Spider-Man launch and that game was perfect. Insomniac have my absolute faith to pull that off again. Um, yeah, I guess Spidey's probably a good front runner for something that will actually launch complete. Yeah, because it's they're getting rare nowadays, aren't they? Yeah. Games that actually launch fully fixed. I mean, when Pokemon can't even do that right, then that's a <laughs> thing. And I know, I know that there's a lot of people that say that uh, Game Freak do cut a lot of corners and stuff, but they've always at least been they able do. to drop solid experiences that don't have any huge game-breaking bugs mm-hmm. out of the gate or ones that mm-hmm. can not just be fixed and tweaked. Whereas um, mm-hmm. this year, last sorry, last year was very ropey for them. Um, yeah. A few devs actually uh, have been coming out with just games that are just so subpar 
But then again, yeah. it's it's so rare to get a game like Disco Elysium come out where it's just like this just works. This has had a care mm-hmm, and thought mm-hmm. put into it. Everything else is just like we'll fix it day one with a huge patch, and even then it will well, just, just saw... get by. Yeah, I saw Callisto just got another big patch as well, where they've sped up even more animations and they've changed yeah. a few more like key gameplay things around. And it's just like this is we are just the test audience at this point. It's yeah. just like there's no real dedication to whatever sort of animation um, speed you had beforehand or whatever those animations were supposed to be, and just like yeah, changing it post launch. Um, I have a really bad feeling about Forspoken. I just I keep seeing that apparently uh, only a handful yeah. of outlets have got review code, yeah. um, and that game's out on the very soon. I think it's like on Monday or Tuesday. Did we did we get approached for that? No, we didn't get anything. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> I saw even Eurogamer didn't get something. I think it was Andy uh, Robinson or Richardson just said it, it's very rare that they don't get contacted at all, but they didn't get anything. Um, I don't think Skillup's got anything either. Who tends to be a good like prominent critic? So I am. Um, that's a, that's a warning uh, sign. That is a red flag because it's like I, I did a um, choose your own adventure recently on um, seven times you were right to be worried about video games, and the moment yeah. that you don't get review copies early is the one where you just go right, okay, what is going on here? Because I can't I think, think of I can think of maybe two games that um, mm-hmm. launched uh, where we got a code on day one that actually turned out to be good, and they are rare as. Sort oh, of thing. totally. I think I guess Forspoken will be technically solid. It just feels like it's going to be hollow. But then, try, two secs. I'm going to I'm going to look at what the release schedule of this year is. I didn't even realize that Fandivision. You know, do, do you ever play Fandivision on the original PS2? No, I did not. No. Oh, it was a fireworks game. That game is getting like a sequel called Fandivision 2020. Oh, I do X. remember this actually. Yeah, yeah, you know. I do it was that. so sick. I like had it at launch, and uh, I think it's because it's a PSVR2 title. Yeah. Um, but that's coming out on the 22nd of February. I've just I've got my big. My big list of stuff. I'm all. I'm very worried, but also really hoping that it is good. Atomic Heart, because they're yes. they're, they're juggling so many things at the moment that it all could come crashing down very very mm. quickly it's a developer trying a new IP that is a huge scope uh, there's a lot of positive press going for it at the moment mm. but very mm. few actual gameplay um, people who've had hands on with it in fact I can't think of any that I've had hands on with it and it's coming out in February so this well, they... is that. that's a scary one yeah, the most recent thing with them was that they had to sever a bunch of multiplayer stuff off to try and like make the target. They were very Which, honest yeah, about we, it. Yeah, we but... were we were actually like uh, we were positive on that because I think yeah. that if a company realizes that something isn't working and they want to make it better as an experience overall for people, then yeah, I I think that that's I hope the I hope that works. Yeah, um, looking oh, at this stuff, Dead um, Island Two, oh, oh Dead yeah. Island Two. Oh. I think I'm going to go with Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League. Okay. I just, uh, that might, I mean, that's been in development for like seven years, eight yeah, years. Yeah. Um, and it's just the more that screenshot that leaked a few days ago where it showed the UI is just literally Call of Duty style, Warzone style. Um, it, it's that difference between like if it's technically competent or just no one wants to touch this. But I think mm-hmm. games that no one's going to want to touch, I think that will be one of them. Unless there's something incredible story-wise. But See, I, I the, and this one is a bit more of a personal one as well, just to close mm-hmm. out the question. Um, it's Blood Bowl 3. Now, the reason that oh. I'm, I'm, again, I'm excited. I want this to be a great game, but I'm really worried that it won't be is because mm-hmm. of the fact that the devs have already pushed it back. There was some crunch culture shenanigans going on. There was a lot of like uh. negative press from internally that was coming out saying we're mm. getting rid of this but they're doing this thing that a lot of sports franchises do but get away with it because of the yearly annually cycle now obviously you, you and i know that when fifa all progress it means nothing you take yeah. you take scumthorpe fc to the top of the table <laughs> and then uh, in a couple of months time you'll be reset again on a brand new version of the game and you're going to do it all over again and again and again and again they make you run the hamster wheel again and they can do that because they release the game so quickly and so often that you don't mm. ever see it as being the same experience you see it as a air quotes brand new experience yes 
Blood Bowl 3 has been in gestation now for absolutely years. The last game came out uh, in, we're talking like the 2010s, uh, around that right, sort of, okay. uh, era. And it's had all of its DLC come out, all of these new teams added, all of the bugs fixed, and then they go, Blood Bowl 3 is coming out. And it's like, wicked. What's it got? And it's like, right, well, we've got two new teams so far, or three new teams. It might have added another one in. But mm-hmm. you can have less teams overall than the previous game. It's mm-hmm. going to be buggier because I played the demo version of it, the beta, and it was buggy as all hell because they oh, were still okay. trying to work out all the kinks and stuff of the new rule set that's being applied to it. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to start with less, and it's going to look worse. <laughs> and it's like, oh, that's a swing and a miss because why yeah. would I buy this day one then? Like, what that's are almost you like do- a contractual thing. It's like, oh, we need to get it out anyway because we spent this long on it, which is kind of the skull and bones thing. Yeah, um, I, 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 genuinely, just, yeah. I genuinely hate this the most about sequels where you get all of the DLC coming in. It makes this huge, rich game. And then the next mm. one, the next air quotes, big step comes in and it just gives you less. And because, yeah. it's, because this is a sports game, you're going to end up with the same teams, but you're going to be charged again for them. And it's like, <laughs> that's so uncool that i've just bought I've, I've spent like 50 quid or so like on the dlc for all of these teams and mm. i'm gonna have to buy them again if i want to play them again in this new game that just feels like them seeing what they can get away with that just yeah. sort of, let's just see how much money we can get out the fandom um to like yeah to get back up to where you were i guess we used to do that on old wrestling games or whatever you would well not necessarily dlc wise but in certain sports games you end up buying the same stuff over and over again to bulk it all out indeed indeed um shall we jump over to the instagram questions my friends we shall and we have a cinematic question right now Ooh, and this is coming from james phillips 94 who just says die hard or lethal weapon Oh, Die Hard by a million miles. Really? Although, really? Oh, pers- well, I guess I don't know. Because it's the whole working. franchise. It's the whole franchise. Because cause, 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 take... cause Lethal Weapon got really good, whereas Die Hard got really bad. <laughs> I would say Die Hard has two really naff ones. Like the most recent one, I don't even remember the name of it. Die, die, die Hard Again oh, or whatever oh, it was called. yeah die, die Hard with my son the one with that like was his only... son yes <laughs> the one with his son that was like just terrible yeah. I don't mind Die Hard 4 I think it's it's kind of fun and the bit when he's riding the airplane is kind of fun and, do you know what uh, I feel like just... that film got unfairly dismissed uh, like, the bit when, I, he, I, when he throws a cop car in a that, that's bad that is bad yeah. that is bad no it's not that's great but that's I, did, a reason I, to I, love I it. did enjoy even though they didn't like uh, develop it and deliver it well I enjoyed mm. the idea of it like being oh I'm the bad guy who isn't physical i don't want to do anything like this i just want to use technology and you are an yeah. old relic here you do not <laughs> understand how to beat me and like i enjoyed mm-hmm. that because it was going at the same sort of time the ooh, remember when indiana jones uh the crystal skull came out oh, that we whole got, thing we got of, like, one of them this year i know right let's not even talk about that like, <laughs> disgusting heathens horrible but the idea of it's your old archaic 80s action hero in the modern era and not functioning well is mm. an interesting story to tell i just feel yeah. like die hard 4.0 just didn't exactly deliver it well. i think it's like the uh, the max Payne 3 approach which i'll always fly the flag mm, for max mm, Payne 3 mm. but like yeah for me die hard 1 and 2 are both brilliant like i obviously like i mean it's, i like, i think two and not necessarily overlooked but people tend to talk about one because of the whole christmas conversation what? but like yeah. two is brilliant as well three uh, die hard with a vengeance is my personal favorite i just think that yeah, the man. whole sort of like like it, just having Samuel Jackson involved in it is incredible. I was going to say, Die Hard so good. Yeah, you've got all this because like, I always think of the, the tie-in game as well. It's like IP wise. Oh, yeah, I remember yeah. driving the taxi around and stuff. But like, yeah, Die Hard Three, all the stuff with Sam Jackson, like the the whole set piece on the tanker towards the end. Yeah. I kind of get on that moving yeah. tanker. 
I'll take that over lethal weapons, even though I do love the Jet Li lethal weapon. I think that's four. Yeah. When when he yeah. came in. Yeah, yeah. And um, but I don't have as much of a working knowledge of lethal weapons. Yeah, I, I guess it's because of the fact that I just sort of grew up watching them side by side. Um, mm. we just like me and a few friends used to just watch loads of action films back to back for just like silly nights in, and Lethal mm-hmm. Weapon was always on the regular rotation because it is. I feel like it's on the level of being more parody. Die Hard takes itself more seriously than Lethal Weapon ever did, and I and I think that True. that's why it's the charm of it. It's just kind of like, look, come on, come on, yeah, like you wouldn't you wouldn't survive all of this, like, like. And, no, and I think they they definitely steered, steered more into that over time. That bit in Die Hard Four where he's just literally like surfing like a jet, oh, and it's like so stuck dumb. in like a construction <laughs> site. And then like, I looked up the names of these ones because it's a good day to Die Hard. I think is the oh, one with his son. It's such then... a bad pun that I almost respect it. <laughs> I know. I think that was like as far as those ones went. And there's Live Free or Die Hard. I think I might be. Didn't even know that one. I don't know. Oh, is that no, one? I know. I think that's. I think it's an alternate title for it. Okay. Um, but yeah, those would be uh, my picks for them. Um, Honest NPC says, um, "Hello, you podcast legends. Well, hello to yourself." Hello. Well. Is the Microsoft slash Ubisoft issue proof that gamers are tired of getting the same experiences from continuing franchises and they want new experiences? Mm. Is this why indie games are providing better game experiences than quote unquote major AAA titles? Stay well and stay safe. Now, this is an interesting one because Scott and I touched on this recently on a news that mm. probably will be up now. It should, right? Yeah, it'll be up by the time, by the time this, this comes like, out. Um, where we spoke about how I believe that um, the overreach of the video game publisher giant and the massive expenditures that it racks up is going to cause a collapse of its own portfolio. Um, mm. We're going to see them squeeze tighter but only keep maybe two or three major IPs. And unfortunately mm. for us as a, a gaming community, we're probably going to see much more homogeneity when it comes to the AAA experience because they will look at what works, they will say that is how you make your money and everyone will end up copying each other. Your Call mm-hmm. of Duties will bleed into other single uh, into other franchises. Your open world genre tropes will bleed into other things. Whatever works will be the thing that will work going forward according mm-hmm. to all of those financial bods in charge of the... Uh, in charge of their strings at these publishers. So it is up to the independent community to remind people what gaming is all about, as it always has done, arguably. Um, Mm -hmm. But I can't think of a better time for the indie devs. Um, Tools for game creation are more readily available than ever. Uh, Funding Mm -hmm. is more readily available because publishers are looking back and just going, geez, we need a new IP or we need something to just put a little bit of money into that could maybe turn Mm -hmm. a huge profit like Hades did or whatever. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's even it's an EA like with the EA originals, like you don't get that many of them. But like, even like a way out, it takes yeah. two yeah. unravel. Like it, it takes two was like the Game Awards Game of the Year last year. Like that managed to blow up quite a lot, yeah. and that is a mid-budget game. Yeah, cool. I was about to say it, it was co- made on a fraction of one mm-hmm. of their other games. Like um, what's that? Like Battlefield. <laughs> Battlefield. Like for Battlefield, example, how much? How much money did Battlefield Five take from EA? A ton. Mm. But yeah, mm-hmm. if they put more sort of like seeds in the ground, like a way out, and uh, it takes two around there doing that sort of thing, then in mm-hmm. five, ten years time those could themselves be their own standalone franchises i would happily play it takes two two or it takes three (laughs) it takes two three or whatever i'm just i'm that's my thing i've said this like across the board i'm begging the likes of rockstar naughty dog to do what ea originals is and that's Mm -hmm. a weird sentence because ea do so little right but the idea of imbuing smaller creators or people like um joseph Fares to be able to get their ideas off the ground like you would have 20 more kojimas or something rather than just going like a five 
five, seven-year dev turnaround for something that might just fall on its face, like Forspoken or like Suicide Squad. Yeah. Like, it's just so untenable as a business model, whereas you could have so much more creative stuff out there. Well, look at Rockstar. You've raised a great point there. They are mm. content to just sit on their laurels and uh, rinse GTA 5 online for all of the money that it's worth. <laughs> and it's worth a lot of money. GTA very 6, true. as we already know, is in a very troubled state at the moment with lots of rewrites, restarts, none of the mm. creative leads uh, that were originally attached to the franchise involved and mm-hmm. the huge financial pressure that they have to make more money than GTA 5, which sounds <laughs> impossible to any other mm-hmm. uh, thing. Why doesn't Rockstar just take a fraction? Hey, just take half a year's earnings from uh, GTA Online and its sales and just put that into publishers, into yeah. new development studios to try something different because, hell, they've only, nowadays, they've become so laser-focused on the GTA experience, no one mm-hmm. knows them for the other stuff they did. They made a bloody good ping-pong game back in the day. They made, obviously, all of the Midnight Club stuff that was I was going to say, Smugglers like, Run and Midnight they, Club. They, they do stuff that is really interesting and amazing but they just can't be bothered now and i just think that it's it's that thing of like making increasingly bigger corporate bets and they want the bigger payoffs but like in gaming the turnaround is just so much bigger than turning a like a a movie around or a tv show Mm -hmm. or something we're talking about seven to eight to ten year turnarounds for triple a stuff and it's just like and sometimes it falls down and it's just a waste of money and time and everything else so i just yeah for me the indie space right now represents the really furtive creative space of the 2000s where like budgets were a lot smaller and you just saw like the likes of the PlayStation 2 era or the 360 era like the amount of ideas that got off the ground it's like things that are coming out now like Evil West or like and Callisto even yeah, are yeah. good throwbacks to how like quote unquote gaming used to be but they still look great and it's like they mm-hmm. still have really good mechanics and stuff and I know they can, you can do more with that but even something like Hellblade was like yeah. um, held up as like a triple A looking game on a, on a double A budget or something so I think there's promise but yeah if you find yourself looking at all the triple A stuff going like oh my god this is exhausting and soul sucking just dive into indies that's the stuff that you want that's kind of the lifeblood of uh, of gaming indeed um, Okay, so we are back to Instagram now to address what Harry Poulet or Paulette um, 96 has said. I, I, I just get a French spin on your name there, my friend. Um, what's your dream VR game if you could make one? Now, this is a tough oh. one because it's such a interesting experience, a sensory overload. But what mm. would you make? Because I'm uh, I'm two words Spider Man. Just let me just let me just be. Oh, Spider-Man. What, just motion sickness. The game then is it? Is yeah, that yeah. Even... I just I want to because you could you can kind of do it in. Um, oh, was it Homecoming had a VR tie-in and then Far From Home had one as well Mm -hmm. Um, but they were just really small experiences where it was like you're Spider-Man on a roof and it was more meant to just advertise the movie Um, but you could fire some webs off and then you you do at the very end of that demo you jumped off the building but it largely took control away from you and you just swung away into the Mm -hmm. logo Mm -hmm. and I was like that thing of being teetering on the edge of a building with a web shooter and going for it. And if you've got the momentum right, and I guess the PSVR 2 has all the haptic stuff in the headset and yeah. everything, maybe you can simulate wind somehow. But I would love like a full-on Spider-Man VR. I mean, that that's, would there's be, so much money there. That would be exceptional. You just have somebody next to you with a fan. Like, it's just like <laughs> I'm going fast, put it on two. <laughs> whack me, whack me. <laughs> like, yeah, um, I would love that. That's a really good idea, actually. But again, I Thank think you. that so many people would be motion sick <laughs> just trying to oh, do dude, that. That's probably why they haven't done it yet, because they can't <laughs> find a way to give you the, the rush without it like <laughs> wiping people out. Exactly. And you've seen people use those um, uh, filters on like TikTok and stuff where it's like them uh, repeating themselves and people fall over because they get disorientated <laughs> or people jump into their TVs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that for me, I would make... 
I tell you what I'd love. They kind of hinted at it with a PS3 game way back way, but never really mm-hmm. capitalized on it, where they tried to use AR and uh, to bring a card game to life. I would want oh, them oh, to make Yu-Gi-Oh! Eye of Judgment. That's the one, yeah, Eye of Judgment. Um, yeah, yeah. I would want them to make a Yu-Gi-Oh! game in VR, where you had your little gauntlet on the side oh. there, and whatever card you put on came to life in the game yeah, sphere man, around yeah. you because then mm-hmm. that way you'd really feel like you were part of the battles like waving to your opponent over the other side there <laughs> showing them your cards putting it down but then seeing the huge sort of like creatures that you've summoned right next to you would be incredible mm-hmm. it'd be so cool that was like that whole thing so the eye of judgment was like a weird spin-off of the eye toy you needed like a specific like battle map thing that yeah. it, it yeah. read through the camera i don't know if you if i don't even know if the psvr has any sort of like depth perception stuff I'm but if it could tell sure. If it could tell there was a surface in front of you and then put stuff on that surface or maybe you can map it yourself or something. I guess if you've, that feels like it's if you've, got, it. if you've got like the controllers, the special ones mm. that you've got and you're picking up an object and you're putting it down onto a place that it registers as being in mm-hmm. game space, then yeah, it could mm-hmm. work like that. But something, I would think... something like to make that a more immersive or like a board game simulator that allowed you to feel like you were there. Imagine like, Ooh. imagine if we, you and I were playing like Dungeons and Dragons, for example, mm-hmm. and it was like the tabletop simulator thing, but we're in like a, a rustic tavern and that's the vr setting we can look around Mm -hmm. we can hear people chatting and glasses clinking and stuff but we're playing on this table in the tavern Mm -hmm. this little game and just like that could be a really fun experience yeah stuff like that would be lush i'm just thinking of things like um like more i'm thinking like big blockbuster what can you do motion sickness type let me fly an x-wing doing the trench run or something um but yeah it's something like pokemon as well i'm just thinking Mm -hmm. of stuff that i love when i was younger because basically for me vr is like how do you make playable the thing you imagined when you were a kid Mm -hmm. like the idea of like when you were when i was a kid i was fascinated by the idea of pokemon and i wish they were real like so much and i was like if you could do an actual me and you standing across from each other but then we put the set the headsets on and i see your pokemon standing next to you or you throw the pokeball or i don't know it would take nintendo investing in it but um something like that would be really cool Final question from Pinky, who says, what does the Halo news mean for newer Microsoft acquisitions? It could show confidence in upcoming projects from Bethesda, Obsidian, Activision, etc. But on the other hand, it makes their position very precarious if they underform. He also asked if I'd lost any any marbles earlier in the week. It seems like maybe I'd lost some marbles. That was definitely in reference to The Last of Us, Pinko. But we'll see how the next episode goes. Um, but yeah, we should reiterate that the um, more discussion is over on the YouTube channel. But yeah, what do you yeah. think about like... The future of Microsoft stuff. Because it must be weird if someone said they're going to acquire you and then they sever 10,000 employees. Yeah, you think that you were just being involved in some sort of asset strip operation, wouldn't you? <laughs> it's just like you're going to buy us for the, for the IPs and then you're going to fire mm-hmm. us the next day and then just take all of the uh, the licenses. Um it's, an, in, it's an interesting one. Uh, Microsoft don't have a great track record with buying up developers and delivering with them mm. because think about what happened with Rare. Um, like, what mm-hmm. did we get grabbed by the Ghoulies and then they bought up... Um, just disappeared. I know that EA bought up Criterion, for example, and mm-hmm. then they just didn't get them to make another Burnout game ever. Mm-hmm. And that was the stupidest thing because they got them to work on racing stuff in other games. Mm-hmm. And it was the best bit about those games. I thought Xbox as a division were notably separate within Microsoft. Like, when yeah. I read about Microsoft layoffs, my mind didn't even go to Xbox at all. Yeah. And then when like later in the week when uh, VGC reported like oh hey by the way um, Bethesda and um, three four three have been impacted like I just didn't even realize that was on the table but the idea that like someone at Microsoft can say like ah we don't need this gaming division or as much of this gaming division as we did before is weird because well, Xbox themselves that's the thing they, if, if they can just make Game Pass work on a small scale team then they'll probably focus on that because mm. they're not in the business of developing games themselves anymore really mm-hmm. um, so they're probably just going yeah sure Game Pass is the future for our company it always seems mm-hmm. to have been the moment that it was uh, launched and 
basically I can see them just trying to buy up a ton of new developers just to put onto mm. the platform and say you are now Game Pass exclusive. So that's what I think is the yeah. the new core of the company. Yeah, I guess like in terms of that's the whole thing. The proof's always in the pudding because they had they acquired so many different people and they greenlit so many different ideas. Even Psychonauts two we got because of the um, acquisition stuff. Mm-hmm. But then it's like yeah, if it can just as easily be taken away and you just don't get any story DLC for Halo or whatever, then like that is the the other side of it where you're just a a number on a page at some point yeah. and they can just get rid of you. We will see what happens with all the Halo stuff um, going forward. But a massive thank you to everybody for sending in their various questions and stuff. This has been the UBP, the UBP. The UBP. The UBP. I've been Scott Tilford, joined by Jules Gill. Thank you very much for having me. And remember that you can always check in with Scott and myself over on the social medias every single Thursday where we'll be putting out the call, call for questions, questions, my friend. <laughs> the C call for CFQ. The CFQ for yes. the UBP. Oh my God. If I knew how to put a, a, an effect on your voice, I would echo that. But I will, I might, if, <laughs> if, if you've successfully echoed, I figured it out. If not, I have no idea. So um, I think that I will be over on Instagram at RetroJBTO is a zero and I'll be putting yes. out the call for questions every single Thursday and Scott will be doing the same over on Twitter where he is at slash LP89. Be beautiful. Thanks again and we'll catch you next week. By the mugs, Goodbye. by the mugs, by the mugs, by the mugs. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.